It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share, t- we share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Lamoni, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How you doing, Phil? I am very happy. All my technical issues, I think, have been sorted out. So I'm actually able to join up this time, whereas I missed last week, much to my chagrin. I was yeah. very chagrined. I was sh- I, my, my chagrin meter was at maximum. Oh, no. <laughs> that, should be, that should be part of your technical stuff you have there is a chagrin meter. Is <laughs> <laughs> that measured in decibels or is it something else? It's in shins. It's in shins. Shins, yes. <laughs> it says not in grins. <laughs> no, that's true. All right. <laughs> Sorry to the band, the shins. We didn't mean to, you know. Is there a band called the shins? Yeah, they're, they're really good, actually. They're kind of a, I don't know if they're English, but they certainly sound like they're British. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of a retro new wave. I'm not really describing them well, but they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's not like we talk about music every week. So we no, no, not stuff. at all. <laughs> Just like, they're great. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, for those of you out there, please send your comments and questions too at Song Talk Radio on Facebook or Instagram, feedback at songtalk.ca for the email, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode and to find links to resources we mentioned and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs uh, that we feature. And before we get to tonight's uh, really cool topic, um, just a, another reminder um, and a thank you uh, for our songwriting challenge um, this year is to write a song in a mode that you're not familiar with or an unusual mode, however you choose to interpret that. You can mix and match modes in the same song. It's all good. Um, and uh, and we're happy to announce, too, that uh, we're starting to get uh, submissions uh, to the Yay! Summer Challenge from our listeners. So thank you to everyone who's uh, sending in your songs, and we look forward to, to um, receiving more. And, of course, as we've done the last couple of years, we will do uh, feature episodes where we do feature um, your songs, the listener songs, um, and talk about them so it's important when you send in your song to send us mp3 lyric sheet and the chords especially for this one we need the chords very much very much <laughs> right um and a little paragraph about your songwriting process what you went through so we can uh talk about it um on on the show so, it doesn't have to be a lot i mean it can not be just a, like one paragraph a couple of uh a couple of the entries that we've gotten have been very detailed and that was fantastic they just yeah. really went in depth and that is fantastic but you don't have to yeah. It could be just like, oh, I tried this mode, I didn't like it, and I tried that mode, I liked it, I think this part is cool, you know. It could be something yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, very, very much so. It does not have to be super detailed. And you don't have to give us your whole life story about how, you know, your songwriting past. Just tell us specifically about, about this challenge <laughs> and what you went through. <laughs> um, but yeah, but thank you to uh, Gerben Westerfeld from uh, from the Netherlands. He sent us a, a, a song for the challenge. And um, Steve Johnson, um, was Steve from Canada or from the U.S.? I think from the U.S., wasn't he? I think from the U.S., I think. Yeah, Steve Johnson from the U.S. sent us, uh, sent us a very detailed thing. Gerben did too, in fact. So, so thanks, guys. Um, it was really great tunes, and um, we look forward to sh- showcasing them on the challenge. Of course, after Phil and I do our answers to the challenge. Yes. <laughs> and how is your challenge going, Neil? Well, I've actually started it. I got, I got a good head start on it now. Um, this past week and um, playing around. I, I did that video that's on our that's on our resources page, playing around in F Mixolydian. That's the key I decided to go in. Um, and so Mixolydian is kind of like a blues. Right? Right, it has a flat seven. 
Yes, the same as a major scale, but it's got a flat set. So it's it's very close to major. It's like the next mode over. Right. Um, on the flat side um so it's so it's 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 a little bit mellower and, and in fact i you know and and just like in major there are three major chords three minor chords and one diminished right that's the same for every mode hmm. maybe not locrian even locrian <laughs> <laughs> but you know but you know in, in, if you're going to go with the three major chords in in a major key you got the one four or five um, and in and in Mixolydian, you have the one four seven. The, 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 the seven chord is actually major. The diminished is like oh the, right. The, the diminished is the uh, no, not the five chord. I think it's the six chord. Anyway, but what what you find, what I found anyway, just developing my chorus using the three major chords. I didn't want any minor chord. I want my chorus to be really bright. So oh I right. Used, I used the three three chords, but it didn't sound quite as bright as. A one, four, five, and a major, you know, and it sounded a little bit mellower, a little bit smoother around the edges. And I'm like, this actually, you know, it's true. <laughs> like when you go, when you go with, when you're using the flat seven, it's going to sound a little bit mellower and a little bit smoother. And, and for sure, the tonality kind of, it kind of, kind of, kind of led me there and, and ended up, and ended up there. So it's, it's a really cool experiment. Once, once you realize, once you understand the dimensions of the different modes and how they are darker or brighter or mellower and and yeah. happier or whatever then 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 you can begin to hear it you know because then you're listening for these things and it's like oh yeah that's actually that's actually you know the case pretty cool how about you phil how's how's yours coming along um well i think i'm going to be um working with um lydian i think okay um which is the same as major, but one sharp. Yeah, the four with, sharp. With, 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 with a four with a sharp. The four, four sharp. So, because um, actually playing with four, um, the sharp four and the five and the one, mm -hmm. um, to really get, because I'm, I'm thinking for this particular exercise that I would really focus on the thing that makes the mode what it is, like really hit that hard. So, um hitting that sharp four is is kind of odd but it's it's kind of neat it's i was hoping to sort of get something a little bit sort of uh darker maybe a bit sort of psychedelic furs ish mm. and it actually seems to be kind of bright at the moment so that's um, yeah. so yeah, so and, and, and lydian certainly is the 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 one the one major mode that's um that's brighter than major yeah all the other ones are darker. <laughs> yeah, so that's but, so that's kind of an um, unusual, but it's um, yeah. So I think Lydian uh, might go into Dorian for the chorus. I'm not sure yet, but okay, uh, cool. yeah, it's really good to be able to just sit down and really focus on these kinds of these kinds of abstract um, abstract exercises to to really force yourself into using something you wouldn't normally use. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then and 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 going through an entire song with this approach and focusing on this one thing. I think you yeah. know, by the end, by the end of it, you know, th this this will be this is for everybody. This will be another tool in your toolbox yeah. to say I've got a, some grapple on modal writing. Now in the future when I feel like I need to make this kind of move and I can employ a modal approach to to expressing the emotion the way I want to, yeah. Um, this is one more tool um, yeah. in your toolbox. The, the, the other thing I did try actually, I, I was kind of I was kind of 
procrastinating on this song because I was having trouble with the lyrics. I mean, once I wanted to write some kind of lyric first that I could attach a melody to and then and then do the th whatever, right? Do the music and stuff, right? But I ended up, I, I did end up actually going to chat GPT. And I'm like, write me, a, write me a song about, I'm not gonna spoil it, but write me a song about, and then I put in my topic, right? And it came with, it came up with the most vanilla, bland, generic, yeah, lyric you could ever come up with was like really, really it was it wasn't terrible it was like okay fine but like nothing specific about my story or about you know my, my particular angle on things right so then i'm like okay well rewrite this so it's less cliche and sure enough it, 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 it kind of moved it a little bit that way and okay and then, and then I said, okay, well, well, I, I do have my title. I, I do have my title and my central kind of concept. So I, so then I gave ChatGPT the title. So I rewrite it with this title. Oh wow! And it spun the title in a way that I never would have thought of. And actually, I thought it was a terrible way to spin it because <laughs> 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 the way I want to spin it is not the way the ChatGPT spun it. But, no, of course not. But what what the ChatGPT exercise gave me was actually an excuse to do a bad first verse. Because I'm like, okay, oh, you know interesting. if ChatGPT yeah. is going to, is gonna, here's a generic run-of-the-mill vanilla verse. I'm just going to put that in there just so I can get my handle on a melody and and the intervals in this mode and 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 and, and the chord progression and all that sort of stuff. Get something down. I'm going to rewrite the the verse for sure, yeah. right? But but at least it gave me something to to go on and 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 work from there. So you know, it's it's, it's certainly it's certainly a starting point. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't rely on ChatGPT for a full song yet. So um, ChatGP, like it's just doing the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, it's just doing the right, lyrics. Yeah, actually, wait, 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 ChatGPT, when you enter stuff, it actually gives you suggestions for your next prompt. And one of the prompts oh. was, can you sing this for me? And I'm like, oh, can ChatGPT sing this for me? Like, So I clicked on that. I'm like, can you sing this for me? And, and ChatGPT replied, replied, sorry, I'm not capable of singing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they put it in there as a, as a question that someone may naturally ask, I guess. But um, yeah, but ChatGPT cannot do that. It's interesting stuff. It is something I have tried using... Um, in my in my marketing practice, just as mm. an experiment, yes. and I actually found it 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 kind of took more work to actually get the prompts in than it would take for me to write the thing. Yeah, because it doesn't take me like it's writing advertising copy for me is not is not a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. So maybe if there's another kind of writing that I wasn't used to doing, then that one mm -hmm. might be something. Whereas yeah. I, I just found it was, it, it just took a long time. And what it came back again was fine, but it was kind of bland and didn't impact yeah. and didn't sort of hit what I would need, what my clients need to be hit, basically. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to play with. And uh, definitely mm -hmm. as creators, um, lots of interesting ethical questions, but I think it's still yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, if you copy and paste the lyric, then whose lyric is it? But um, yeah, the, and, and there seems to be a, a, maybe there's a bit of a divide between asking ChatGPT to do creative work as opposed to just giving, well, just giving facts. Yeah, that's true. In, in, like like using, using it as a research tool is one thing, using it as a creative um, generator is something else, I think. That is true. And I think also they... Um... It has a, a habit of making up 
facts as well, which can be problematic. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've, I haven't I haven't quite used it for um, for anything uh, factual or research yeah. yet. So we shall see. Interesting stuff. Fascinating. Yes. Okie dokie. And um, the other thing uh, that I participated in last week was um, uh, our, our good friend Chad Shank from the uh, at home songwriting uh, workshops and YouTube channel. Um, he had our other excellent friend Susan Catanio on his YouTube channel. Oh, she's great. And, and, and this was a free workshop that she was doing. Um, and, and he sort of just let her take the charge on this thing about a concept I've never heard of before. And, and it kind of blew my mind. She's talking about recoloring your chorus or recoloring your lyrics. Okay. And I've never heard of this concept before, but she used three example songs where the 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 words of the chorus are the same every time but the meaning that they impart changes every single time depending on the context from which the verse is coming from okay right so the so the storytelling in the verses then redefines what that what that central hook in the chorus means and, oh, and, right. and so so it kind of carries on carries on, on on the story um the the we'll put a link um in the show notes to the to the youtube it, it is quite long it's like a feature film it's like just under two hours but yeah. it's well worth it yeah. um to especially just to listen to susan analyze these songs it's really yeah. quite remarkable how, how in-depth she she goes um and uh so so she went through uh, a song called long time gone which which is performed by the Dixie Chicks, written by uh, Daryl Scott. Um, a Sting song called Stolen Car, which I never heard of before. I'm a big Sting fan, but I never heard that, car, that, that, that song before, Stolen Car. Um, and, and the last song uh, was an example of how, in her opinion anyway, was how not to do it. Okay. Um, and, and the song was by Ty... Ty Herndon, Herndon, um, called "Man Holding On to Bracket Women, Woman Letting Go." <laughs> so, mm, okay, you know, a very, very uh, country song that I, I'd never heard of before, but I guess it was a big hit um, back in its day. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, and and she actually went through an exercise at the very end uh, where she gave everyone in the group ten minutes. She she gave she gave a list of sort of sort of chorus titles or hooks, whatever, like ideas, whatever. Mm um small phrases um and uh and she asked everyone to take 10 minutes and write three paragraphs not not we're not letting writing lyrics or anything like that we're just playing playing with that idea and how are you going to spin it three different ways like what okay points of view and she she got a very very academic way of doing this like the first song was an example of how to do it through through the point of view of three different characters how to do it through you know three different time uh spans or something like that and and then and they can be more subtle and 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 less subtle like i guess as as you know for different different songs whatever but um really really fascinating idea and concept um something i've certainly never done before <laughs> fascinating stuff yeah and, and and the exercise we went through it and then a few of us um contributed our our little a little 10 minute write up things that we did and really that's like for the other people mine wasn't great but um, everyone else was okay. like holy cow how'd you come up with that in 10 minutes it's really wow. really solid like it's a good it's an it's an amazing starting point for a yeah. song like, you, just oh, have wow. that, you just have that idea the concept how you're going to spin it three ways the rest of it <laughs> after that it's easy <laughs> that's a great wow what a cool thing 
yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating and just kind of boink in my brain. Yeah, um, well, Susan is an amazing songwriting uh, brain. You know? Yeah, yeah, and she's a fantastic educator, too. She really is, yeah, she is actually a teacher. I think she might be a trained yeah. teacher, which helps. You well, know. she's been teaching at Berkeley School of Music for like 20 plus years. Yeah, so you'll yeah. get pretty good at teaching when you do that. Yes, better be. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely a shout out to Susan. She's amazing. Thank you, Susan. All righty. Okay, so tonight, um, special episode tonight, just uh, just a family. Um, we're going to be talking about This Guy's In Love With You by Burt Bacharach and um and why it's a great song so um phil take it away this is this is your right. baby <laughs> let's, so, let's see um, what you got. I, I listened to lots of different kinds of stuff and this so song kind of came up um in one of my listening sessions and i remember thinking wow this is like a really good and complex song and the more i listened to it i started to get really fascinated with, uh, with it and regardless of the style you happen to be working in, if you are a songwriter, it's important to learn from all the masters, whether it's Bach or, you know, um, Billy Holiday or, you know, Sting or any of those people. Because you can learn a lot by analyzing other people's music. And this is a really interesting uh, song. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Bert Bacharach, um, he, of course, he passed away uh, February 8th of 2023, so just recently. Mm -hmm. um, he is a huge, uh, huge talent. He has wrote 73, so that's 73 U.S. and 52 U.K. top 40 hits. Mm -hmm. uh, those atop the Billboard Hot 100 include This Guy's In Love With You, um, uh, Raindrops Keeps Falling On My Head, um, they long to be close to you, uh, of course, by the Carpenters. Yes. Arthur's theme, um, that's what friends are for, um, oh. on my own, and you know, many, many others. So that's like he wrote 73 top 40 hits. And, and chances are you know these songs because he didn't perform, he's not a singer, he did not perform them. Yes, he, he wrote them, and 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 these other artists put them out so you you know it as a Dionne Warwick song as a you know Carpenter song but he's a songwriter yeah and uh uh you know a great songwriter uh at that uh this one uh this guy's in love with you uh was actually first uh recorded by Herb Albert um released in 1968 and the mm -hmm. uh the story goes, and of course, we're not sure how accurate this is, but Herb Albert went into Burt Bacharach's office and said, I need some songs uh, to record. Do you have anything that you haven't recorded? And of course, Burt probably has a huge pile of songs. And he grabbed one and said, here, why don't you do this? And um, Herb listened to the song and felt that it, it sort of felt within his uh, range and um, recorded it and became a, a huge hit and has since been re-recorded uh, re by Dionne Warwick, um, Elvis Costello. Many, many people have recorded this song over the years. And it's it's a really interesting song. And especially if we listen to it uh, from a songwriting perspective and really kind of pick it apart. Um, so um, how we're going to do this is we're going to play the whole... I'm going to do a little bit of a blurb 
we'll play the whole song through and then we'll kind of go through it um, uh, bit by bit. Mm -hmm. um, so what to listen for on the first uh, time through? Listen to the melody and try to figure out what, what parts of the songs are, are which, you know, listen for the verse and the chorus and the, and the pre-chorus and then the bridge if there is one. And um, try to get a sense of what, what this song is about. And one thing to listen for, which the more I listened to really became apparent, is listen to the chorus, because the chorus is really weird. <laughs> um, it's a really interesting song, the, how, it how it plays off complexity and simplicity. But try to pay attention to the chorus, because I think the chorus is just very, very odd. Mm. So um, let's ta uh, take a listen to Herb Albert's This Guy's In Love With You. It's um, a four-minute song, so not too long. You see this guy this guy's in love with you Yes, I'm in love Who looks at you the way I do When you smile, I can show you I'm glad I got to know you cause I've heard some talk they say you think I'm fine yes I'm in love and what I do to make you
If not, I'll just die. Yeah, so um, an int- definitely an interesting uh, song. There's lots of bits to it. Yeah, there's a lot going on in there. Um, I mean, the chorus doesn't come in until basically two full verses, which is kind of yeah. strange. Yeah. And I think the verse, I think the chorus is actually the weakest part of the song. Really? It's, well, because it's it's interesting. It's it's mostly like two chords. I need your love. Da mm-hmm. da da da. Whereas the rest of the the song is so complex, and mm. they use arrangement to make the chorus big. Yeah. But if you just hear those chords by themselves, it's actually kind of a dull chorus, except for the hook at the end. And that if not, I'll just die part, which is something mm-hmm. that was almost tacked on, and that's a great place to actually add a hook. If you're you know going through your song and you're not sure if they have any hooks at the end of the chorus can be a great way to have some kind of a musical hook or a little bit of bit of interest to kind of bring people into the, um, you know, the next part of your song. Mm. What about, but doesn't that chorus have a bit of a lift in the melody? Like, not really. No, not really. These guys in love. It's actually the same notes as the, as the verse. As the verse? So it just sounds bigger because of the strings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying? Hmm. So that's that's kind of the thing that sort of jumped up. But I'm going to start off with the uh, verse. So uh, in North American music and, and a lot of traditional music as well, you'll start to notice this, uh, the way that melodies are written. And melodies are often written in, with sort of an A part and a B part or a call and response. Mm-hmm. So maybe the A part might be starting on your root, then wind up on like the fifth. And then your B part might be starting on the fifth and coming back home or resolving to the one, or sometimes going to the you know, to to the um, to the seventh and then to the one at the end. So da 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 da. It's kind of a handy little thing. So that's really common to have the A part and the B part. And um, if you think of the Brandenburg uh, Concerto, you know the main theme is da 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 da. So the A part is dun 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 dun. That's the A part, and the response would be dun 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 dun. dun. But mm-hmm. of course, what he does is he repeats those parts. Dun 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 dun. So that's those those two A and B parts. And so in this song, the A part is two bars, and the B part of the melody is two bars. And for most for a lot of songwriters, they would actually repeat that again and then maybe do a variation on the second B part. So mm-hmm. second B part of the melody. So da-da-da-da, 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 and to give a bit mm-hmm. of interest in the sort of the repeated, um, that repeated uh, B part, and you might do that, you know, two or four times. That would be your verse, and that's a perfectly serviceable, workable verse. So what he does is he has his A part and then he has his B part or his response to that little um, 
A part, and his A part would be da 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 da. That's his A part of his the melody, and the B part of his melody is da 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 da. The response mm-hmm. to the B part. And then he has his A part again da 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 da, and then he goes into this like mm-hmm. C part of which is actually like longer than the first bit. It's like this whole thing, yeah, which is so interesting because it doesn't actually repeat. There's no repeated uh, motifs. There's no repeated lines. It's actually this one very long musical expression, mm-hmm. which is sort of really unusual. And um, looking at the uh, chord structure uh, for the A and the B part, um, most of the chords are extended. And of course, extended means you just, instead of doing a triad, which is the root, third, and the fifth, you skip a note and then add the next note, which would be a seventh. So he had sevens most of the time. So it's one seven, uh, four seven, um, uh, flat third um, seven, then back to the one seven again. Uh, so it's one it's one seven uh, four seven. Um, that's sort of underneath the uh, the A part of the melody. Mm-hmm. So then he has this C part, which kind of goes on, which which is a masterpiece in and of itself because it doesn't repeat the way like most songs do. Mm-hmm. Most people have like repeated motifs over and over again. And then, but this is just one musical um, sort of expression. Now, some of the um, a- analysis that I've come across call that C part a pre-course. And I don't think it is a pre-course mainly because it's related to the verse, and it's stylistically related to the verse. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And there is a pre-chorus, which is... Um, when you smile. Um, no, which is, my hands are shaking. Da-da, oh, da-da, da-da-da. And to me, that's the pre-chorus because it's a very different musical statement. It's um, It's a different tone. It really sets up the... Mm. Chorus, and then you get to the chorus, which again is really simple. It's this guy's in love. I mean, it's melodically simple. It's um, chordally simple in comparison to the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, kind of took me back when I sort of realized that. But I think he has to do that because the rest of the song is so melodically and chordally complex mm-hmm. that to have any kind of contrast that would work for a chorus, it has to be simple. Yeah. Even though I don't think it's really, you know, I think the, um, I think the, the verse is the part that most people um, will, will identify with the song and not so much the chorus. And the chorus doesn't actually even come through until he's actually done his verse twice, which is, yeah. you know, sort of uh, different but what did you think when you listened to the song yeah I, I i agree with everything you're saying i mean it's very i mean the one thing you realize about it is that there's there is a smoothness to this whole thing like it yeah. just sort of flows from one section to the next you don't really um feel any abrupt moves or anything like that yeah. and and but you you do send it's very sing-songy and it's very old fashioned because because mm-hmm. of the sing songiness, because of the you know dare I say jazzier chords, yeah. right? The the harmony sort of suggests like an older style, um, and 
And, and and you're right. The, the chorus does stand out, but I, I, I'm hoping it's it's a little bit more than just the orchestration and the strings and and, and all that sort of stuff. Because, like you say, it is it is pared down um, melodically. It is pared down lyrically. So it's very very simple. Um, I need your love. I need your love. Like that's that's basically it, right? Um, I need your love. I want your love. Yeah. Um, and you know, but. You know, but, but it, 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 the, the interesting thing about the about the the progression from verse to pre um, into chorus is that because he goes into a minor thing for the pre um, to go back to the same chords as the yeah. verse for the chorus actually works because you do have that 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 pre-chorus section that gives you a little bit more contrast and a little yeah. more tension and then it drops into the chorus and 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 it's great, right? So you know th that's not to say that. He's staying within key. There's a lot of um, borrowing chords and going to strange places melodically and and really interesting places melodically. Yeah. Like I I really love that 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 part. The when when you smile, that, that part, and then it, it happens again at the tell me now. But yeah. it's a really cool melody. It's a really cool change. And then. Yeah, and then and then you're right. The, the end of the chorus, the tag on the end of the chorus. If not, I'll just die. It's a nice quiet way to end in the yeah. chorus, and then sort of ease back into the verse. Um, so yeah, so even though it's, you know, it's it's far from you know a typical modern pop song in that a modern pop song would be you know four chords and and you're done in a loop. Yeah, this thing dares to go into different melodies um, and come back and and really take you on a journey melodically yeah. um especially melodically and, and harmonically um I, I would say i would say lyrically it doesn't take you on much of a journey <laughs> no it it doesn't it's kind of um you know a simple song it's not uh yeah it's not terribly um fraught um but it is so i wanted to i would so now that we've talked about this i'm going to invite the lyric the listeners to listen to it again and I'm not going to play the whole song because there actually is no bridge mm -hmm. because it doesn't, I mean, there really doesn't need to be a bridge because the verses are so complicated. Mm -hmm. um, Very true. Yeah. And then there is, there is a definitive pre chorus. So you've got, you got three sections to the song clearly. Yeah. Right. That are um, repeated, but yeah. But, and it's that tag at the end of the chorus almost feels like, that was something that they worked on and they just like it was added on because it's it's only like two bars mm. da -da 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 -da. like there's not much to it but sometimes a little tag a little hook at that point is a really great thing to add mm -hmm. so when you are going through your songs think about the hooks and you know now everyone says oh you have to have you know like 10 hooks before you know within the first two minutes and that may yeah. not be your style that's fine but think about consciously think about where you're putting your hooks when you were writing a song and sometimes you have to go well you know it needs a hook here so how do i add that hook and sometimes it's a two-bar diddly d and it can be uh can work quite well so i'm going to play the song again mm -hmm. and while uh the folks at home are listening to this try to identify the a part of the uh, melody and the B part or the response to the melody. Mm -hmm. Listen for that C part, which comes out. So it's really what he does is A, B, he does an A part, and then he does that that long C part. Then there's the pre-chorus, 
And then there's the chorus with the hook. And that's actually the whole song. Because yeah. basically he just repeats that more or less Again, two times, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there's so it's it's interesting how it's got a lot to it, and yet there's not that much. But anyways, let's take a listen to it and see if you can pull out those bits of the song. You see this guy This guy's in love with you Yes, I'm in love Who looks at you the way I do When you smile I can I show you I'm glad I got to know you Cause I've heard some talk They say you think I'm fine Yes, I'm in love And what I do to make you I hear what you yeah I hear what you mean about the chorus. It doesn't it doesn't take off. I was I was being fooled by the high strings. Yeah, well that, <laughs> yeah. that the melody is lifted. Well, they uh, all do it because they have to make this thing kind of big, and there needs yeah, to be yeah. some kind of lift. But there isn't really a lift in that chorus. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the vocal um, melody stays right down there. I need your love. It's way. It's, it's actually, if anything, it's lower than the than the pre-chorus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's. Um, and it's like he has a pre-chorus and he uses like the verse and the pre-chorus and then into another verse, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of interesting because it loads up the verse as well. But it's um, I don't know how many songs done today would actually not have a chorus in until two times through. Mm-hmm. Um, although you know these days you know you should just write what you want and you know don't worry about whether or not it's commercial i think that's yeah that's, well, another, that's another question but um, yeah yeah 
Interesting yeah. that like even like you talk about complexity and simplicity, like like complex, okay, melodies for sure, right? The melodies yeah. are taken off, they're going in different places, the 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 call and response thing, like you say, then it meanders off and comes back. And it's really it's really well balanced in in that regard that there's enough mm. repetition and enough uh novelty, right? Yes. Enough enough surprises, right? But the one thing he keeps consistent that keeps the song really grounded, perfect rhyme, perfect rhyme, perfect rhyme, perfect rhyme, all the time. <laughs> Right. That's true. In love with you the way I do. Right. Yeah. I can tell each other very well. Well, that's true. Yeah. Right. There's a it's, lot of perfect rhyming. <laughs> well, and it's, there's a weird phrase here. When you smile, I can tell we know each other very well, which mm -hmm. is not something you hear much in song. Hmm. You know, it's it's an it's a kind of a subtle emotional point that a lot of music doesn't really have, especially because it's not an overwrought song. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting approach that doesn't get yeah. done enough. You know. Well, yeah, and and it's very. Um, I mean, the the fact that Dionne Warwick did it and said this girl's in love with you yeah. right like she just changed it to it and and it works it totally works from the female perspective this is not you know a guy song at any rate yeah you know i mean you know it's, you could argue that it is maybe but there's not there's nothing that specific in it that that it's taken from necessarily one character's point of view or one or one person's point of view on one side or the other it could easily flip either yeah. way right um yeah. yeah, which which is an interesting conversation because, like, like what I was talking about with that Susan Catania workshop, like, like the, the the song that she didn't wasn't a big fan of, it didn't get very deep emotionally. Okay, kind of it was kind of a vignette song that that you know, right. and 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 I and I pointed out at that at, at, during that discussion because a lot of people in the group were like, well, I actually kind of dig it. Like, it's not it's not that bad of a song. Susan was mm. kind of you know not not a big fan of it, and she pointed out good reasons why it it didn't succeed the way that the way. Um, that she thought it should have, but but one of the things I thought, like, you know, like like I'm not a huge uh, fan of country music or know a lot about country music, but there was that one Malcolm Gladwell revisionist history podcast called The King of Tears, where he delved deep into country music and mm. kind of turned my brain around on country music. And he's like, if the song doesn't make you cry, then there's something wrong with you because country music goes for the gut. All right? the time, it really, yeah. it really, it really, it 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 goes for the gut. It turns the knife, and like really, <laughs> it really, it, it like you say, like a really heavy wrought song. This is not bad. This not song is more in line with like pop rock level of emotional depth. Yeah, it's not going for anything gut punching or wrenching or or even or even or even in terms of ecstasy because it's a love song. It's clearly a yeah. love song. Right? Even in, even the heights of ecstasy aren't there. It's kind of it's a little bit. You know, it's there, yeah. but it's kind, of, it's kind of casual about it, right? Yeah. So, and then that's a very much a you know a, a, a pop and rock, um, you know, kind of kind of way to tell the, the story. And that was my point about Susan's thing. Is look, it's not so deep as a country song, but from my point of view, it was pretty emotionally resonant because yeah, <laughs> when you still listen to shallow, lyrically <laughs> <laughs> shallow stuff, right? <laughs> that's true. Or prog rock, where it's all about space people and. Space aliens and space wizards. Space aliens and wizards and no. And space wizards. Space wizards. Space wizards. <laughs> space wizards. 
Well, that's a Jedi, isn't it? <laughs> space stones. Well, I guess, yeah, that'll be space stones. Jedi's are space wizards. That's all. That's, yeah. that'll, that'll be our, uh, that'll be the song talk radio movie franchise. Space wizards. We get sued by George Luke. Well, we get sued by Disney now. Yeah, they sue everyone. They sue everyone, but they own the rights to Space Wizard, don't they? Do they? No, okay, maybe. Well, anyway, like Star Wars, they got <laughs> we're off on another tangent here. Boy, that, did, that didn't take long. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah, my yeah. thoughts on This Guy's in Love With You. I think it's a, it's a wonderfully complicated, um, tricky song, which is... It's got some wonderful bits to it, and it's well worth uh, taking the time to listen to it, maybe even learning how to play it. It's... Uh, if you're not used to these kinds of chords, I mean, they're not actually complicated chords. They're like one no, seven, they're four not. seven, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but it's certainly not. It's certainly not diatonic. It's certainly not. There's a lot of no. There's a lot of borrowing and stuff. What, what, what do you think, Phil? If this song was released today, like when no one had ever heard this song before, someone wrote this song today and, and released it. If Ed Sheeran released this song, would it be a hit? I, I don't know. But see, the problem is I don't even know what makes a hit anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't think anyone I, ever did. <laughs> well, it's like, is it TikTok? I mean, people yeah, don't sell yeah. a million. You could you couldn't condense anymore? this into a fifteen second clip. I don't know what fifteen seconds you take out of this. I don't. I no. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, because it's it's. I mean, that actually it is a full statement. You know that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you take away the chorus, it's a full statement. The chorus is really an add-on. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't. I can't see it is, but then again, I don't know what a hit means. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's before it was like, oh, you were on the top, you know, Billboard top 100 and, you know, you could re retire. I mean, does mm -hmm. that really even exist anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, does anyone listen to radio anymore? I No, I mean, the well, it's, it's top top 20 on Spotify or whatever it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, this seems to be the metric by which yeah. things are measured now. And even then, the Spotify, there's there's the rock chart, there's the pop chart, there's the yeah. So the jazz like, chart. I don't know. I mean, I hope this would find um, an audience, but um, mm. I don't know. Maybe there is like this kind of stuff being published, but we just don't know about it. It's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we we've talked about this on the show before. A modern contemporary songwriting, the melodies don't tend to be as as sing songy as this. They tend to be nope. da, 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 right? You know, except if you, you know, Adele, she gets yeah. away with it for some reason. Her she's very old fashioned yeah. style of songwriting, and 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 she's got hits in packed stadiums, left, right, and center, right? Yeah. So I, I I don't know. You're right. God, just what makes it? Who knows? Right. Yeah. But but certainly, I mean, I'm I'm curious to revisit the um, the uh, Faith No More version. So <laughs> that would be cool. Because I want to hear what they did with that chorus. And how did they lift the chorus? How did they do? How did they deal with it? That's true. Because it's when, once you pay attention to the arrangement, it's like that arrangement is so over the top with the piano so and the strings and yeah the, run, the, the piano runs and the strings lifting up and everything they were just throwing everything at it they're going you know hey do we yeah, have a tambourine yeah. okay put a tambourine in there you know they're just yeah yeah which which, which which i mean and the sing-song melodies and the strings doing that and everything like that make it sound a little more broadway musical a little more yeah. um you know musical theater musical movie kind of kind mm. of 
thing. Was this was this so back in the day? This was like a radio. It was hit, a radio. Was it, part, yeah, it wasn't it was part radio. of a movie, or nope. it wasn't part of a. Uh, okay. Yeah, there was uh, four weeks on the at uh, number one, I think. So this was a pop hit. Yeah, in uh, nineteen sixty-eight. So okay. you know, uh, fighting against mm-hmm. the Beatles. Yeah, it was the thing. It must have been competing against the Beatles. I mean, come on. Yeah. So it was. Um, and there's I, there's nothing Beatlesque about this. No, no, not at all. So, well, so, so if you didn't think that the Beatles, you dug this because this, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite the opposite. But well, I mean, yeah. in also Burt Bacharach was older. He was born in twenty eight. So oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, he wrote it with Hal David. I think uh, he wrote a lot of this stuff with. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, the, the the one the one that the one that blows my mind is raindrops keep falling on your head. Oh, like, you yeah. That like you you think of a song like that like no one actually wrote that song. It's just there, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, I know. Yeah, yeah. Seventy three um, top forty hits. Seventy three, wow. folks. Seventy three. Oh goodness. That's I don't know how many how many months did the Beatles have? I don't know. I don't know, but apparently, I think I think I heard something on some YouTube video or something once where it's like, where it's like, yeah, Lennon McCartney are at the top of yeah. num- of written songwriter hits. I forget who was second. Burt Bacharach was in there somewhere, yeah. but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah pretty. Ins- but definitely um, take a ch- uh, take some time and go through his catalog. He has yeah. amazing songs, and there is definitely something you can learn. From pulling his songs apart and bring them into your own work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it was only after you you proposed doing this show that I that I revisited the Dion Warwick version of the song, and then of course, down the YouTube hole, it sent me to um, uh, that's what friends are for, which yeah. was when I was like nine years old, and that was a huge song, and I had no idea that that was a Burt Bacharach song. Yeah. Concerned it was I didn't I, I didn't even remember that it was a Dionne Warwick song. I, I think I knew that, but it, yeah, it was a, a gorgeous. Song. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, one of the masters of. Uh, I think a lot of his stuff is in the uh, great, you know, the American Songbook. So yeah, yeah, for sure. standard stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. so that's all I Great have. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Very good, Phil. And, and, and that, that is an important that is an important thing you point out about the A melody and the B melody because that's yeah. that to me is kind of foundational for yeah. for melody writing. Even when I was trying to teach my brother how to write melodies, I was like, it's a conversation. There's a question. There's an answer. There's a yes. Up and there's yes. a down. There's yeah. a you know. It's all. It's always an A and an A and B. So yeah, definitely a great way to think about it. And um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. Once you, once you sort of realize it, it kind of shows up in lots of songs. And you go, "Wow, that's a really useful tool." Yeah, yeah. And it's tried and true, and it works. And and that's one thing that's kind of, I don't know. Could, am I allowed to say that's missing from hip hop and rap? I don't feel that in rap music very much. It's kind yeah. of relentless. Like there's not a lot of up and down and i don't know yeah well it's um you know i see i like rap music but in truth like the i like public enemy but public enemy is like really old that would actually be on an oldish uh, radio show now you know yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's hard to imagine a fight the power is like wow that's that's a long time ago yeah it's you like know 40 years old right <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> and so i mean 
I don't know, every, I have to admit, we have gotten a couple of entries for people to be in guests, and I'm actually not sure if the songs are good or if I'm just <laughs> really out of touch. I don't know. So Yeah, but but since we call the shots, then <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we, we get to say so. <laughs> that's right. You know, like, start your own podcast. <laughs> exactly. Start your own podcast. There's no, there's no, there's no measure for us to be objective here. We just... That's true. <laughs> Do what we want. <laughs> Do what we want. We're good. Alrighty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really great. Great. Great example and great. Um. Great analysis there, Phil. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. Certainly brought my attention to him as a songwriter and 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 some of those other details. Yeah. Looking out for them. Definitely. Nice stuff. All right. All right. So that is all the time we have on the show. Special thanks to the late great Bert. Bacharach. Thank you, sir. And and I can usually we ask our guests where can we hear more of your music. You can hear this guy's music. It's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 go out there. It's there. Yes. Um, we want to hear from you, so please send us your comments on Facebook or Instagram uh, to at Songtalk Radio or send us an email feedback at songtalk.ca. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes, and subscribe today to the Songtalk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And you can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk Meetup, whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at miomodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. Awesome stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, and keep, keep on, on writing! writing. Yay! <laughs> <Play>. <laughs>